here we are back again and I'm in my basement. Anthony, you're in your bedroom. Yes. This is where the magic happens for us. <laughs> this is where the magic happens. It's bedroom slash home office. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, this is, this is another episode of reliving the lights of Friday night lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. This is Anthony Hookman. Hello. Uh, how are how are you feeling about our episode tonight, Anthony? I think we got some we got some real good, good stuff to talk about tonight. We we've got some very good stuff to talk about. I'm very excited to yeah. get into. I'm always excited to get into it, but yeah, um, we did I, have some we did have some important things uh, to talk about before we before we started rolling here. And I just want to say that I am extremely envious of Anthony today because he nabbed an incredible Garth Brooks shirt at the thrift store. Yeah, um, tour yeah. t-shirt. And it's the tour that he came to Sioux Falls on, I believe. Yeah, that's so. amazing. Uh, we both are big fans of old tour t-shirts, especially country. I feel like you and yeah. I both have some country shirts that we, yeah. I've got a Reba shirt. Yep. Do you have a Reba shirt? I've got a Reba and Brooks and Dunn shirt. Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. 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 I've also so. got a, a Diamond Rio 92 tour. Amazing. Um, One. And I feel like I've got, oh, I've got a Winona one. So yeah, I've (laughs) I've got the the collection. Yeah, you got the works. Yeah, that's great. So I'm pumped for you, man. Uh, We're gonna get going here. What do you What do you got in your Paps Blue Ribbon Cup tonight? (laughs) Yes. uh, Well, this is uh, as always. We're several weeks ahead of um, (laughs) recording. So episode seven just dropped. So we're recording this in July, uh, July 25th. So just a couple of days ago, yes, Seattle uh, announced that their hockey team is going to be the Seattle Kraken. So in honor, <laughs> I brought the Kraken and yeah. Diet Coke back out. Yeah, uh, congratulations on becoming an NHL fan. Yep. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100 on board. Go Kraken! Yeah, <laughs> you were obviously the first person I thought of when I saw that <laughs> that announcement. So that's good. Uh, I've just got the the lemonade type concoction that I've been that I've been going with the last little bit here so uh yeah I'm ready to roll black eyes and broken hearts yes. episode 16 originally aired Valentine's Day of 2007 hold on I got to think about something <laughs> here <laughs> no okay it wasn't that year I was like I was thinking I know exactly what I was doing but <laughs> that, that was a different <laughs> year <laughs> when this episode aired at this moment but no okay yes uh february 14th uh we let's take a, a visit to our good friend movie dude one and see what he has to say about uh, black eyes and broken hearts <laughs> well josh your wishes wish your wish is my command <laughs> here we go julie is confronted by her parents regarding her growing relationship with tyra matt tries his hardest to get back in julie's good graces Meanwhile, the postseason is in jeopardy as Coach Taylor remains divided over firing his offensive coordinator or standing by his friend, which is the key to one quarter of the team taking taking a stand by sitting out of the next game. I thought he was. I thought he started really strong there. I thought, oh, this is going to yeah. be grammatically okay. Nope. nope we, we get about four sentences worth in that last one. Yeah. But. Yeah, uh, definitely a continuation of the storyline that began last week. With Coach Mack, um, that's not something you just resolve in in uh, forty three <laughs> no. minutes or whatever these episodes no. are. So, 
we're going to get back into that. This will resolve in 86 minutes instead in two episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whew, glad they got that figured out. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, so the episode starts. It's some sort of press conference outside of what I believe to be Smash Williams' house. Yeah, Smash is being interviewed um, with, I mean, the entire rest of the black players on the team yep. outside of his home. The, you know, I, I want to discuss this real quick. <laughs> Let's get into it right away. Because we've talked about, or we've speculated about how big Dylan is. Yeah. There was so much press there. Like, I guess the implication is that maybe like surrounding towns care about this story. Yeah. Because Texas, uh, high school football in Texas is a big deal. Yeah. So maybe this has implications that, yeah, I don't know. There's no way that all of those stations are based in Dillon. No. I mean, I, I guess it seems like Austin is the nearest by city. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess there you go. It must be all of the Austin stations covering <laughs> yeah. this. But yeah, there's there's quite the crowd there. Yeah, they're they're really getting after it. And um, basically in the process of of this interview of sorts, one of the reporters says, so are you saying you want Mac McGill fired? Mac McGill should be fired. And Smash's response is, well, yeah, that'd be a good start. So now that cat is out of the bag a little bit. I mean, as if it wasn't, yeah. but now, right. we're now it's getting some more demands here. <laughs> yep. So meanwhile, we see the coaches yep. all discussing uh, how they're going to play on Friday night with all the black players out. We see one of the coaches go up and he's like, all right, this person's out, this person's out, this person's out, this person's out. Yeah. And we see just really how deconstructed this team is going to become. Yep. I believe Coached. they have to take 16 names off the yep. the board is what they said. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the coach who was taking down the names forgot about Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the 16th name on the, the board. But uh, so they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Coach suggests dipping into jv um, <laughs> yep. and we're gonna see how that's gonna go <laughs> yeah <laughs> right away because we cut to practice and it's not going well <laughs> it is not going well at all tim riggins is especially frustrated <laughs> he is furious with these yeah. these jv players yeah he's flipping out on them coach tells him that you know he's got to be a leader out there and so then he basically assigns tim three jv players to take under his wing and get them up to speed, which is um, a recipe for good entertainment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, right off the bat. I don't remember if it was in this scene because I didn't write down the exact quote. Uh-huh. Um, but there's a really great Coach Taylor quote in one of these practices. Yeah. Um, I didn't write it down, but I, I have it mostly in yes. my head. Yeah. Where this kid screws up a play and Coach Taylor says, <laughs> uh, what's your last name? And the kid tells him. He goes, what was your mom's maiden name? Uh-huh. And he tells him, and then he says, like, I think, what was your grandma's maiden name or something like that? Something like the that. The kid yeah. tells him, and he goes, my God, son, you can remember all that, but you can't remember this one play. <laughs> yeah. I wrote very, that down too. Uh, yeah, that's very Arlie Ermy in Full Metal Jacket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind absolutely. of insult. Yeah, yeah. So walked him right through it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going well. Riggins is is now tasked with kind of bringing these scrubs up to speed. Uh, we now, then we see Coach and Tammy sitting at home watching the news, and the aforementioned 
press conference with Smash is on TV, and they hear kind of Smash's call for McGill to get fired. Coach is visibly frustrated, shuts it off, and as soon as he does, Julie walks in the door. Or no, she gets off the phone. Uh, with I think she Tyra. walks in in she walks in the door on okay. the phone with Tyra and then okay. ends the call. I believe. Yep. So Julie walks in. She's on the phone with Tyra. Ends the call. And they, Coach and Tammy, start kind of giving her a little bit of the business about hanging out with Tyra. Yeah, they're concerned about about that friendship, uh, friendship with a girl who has been suspended a number of times, one of the times for being drunk on campus, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, just not the kind of person that uh, Coach and Tammy really want their daughter hanging around with. Nope. Um <laughs> Coach asked what happened to Lois, which I'm also wondering about because I'm very interested in the character of Lois. Uh, we don't know much about her, but no. Coach has noticed her absence as well. Um, and then Julie Taylor has a line that I think is right away knocked her down a couple points on the or up I, technically on the Julie Taylor hate meter for me. Do you guys realize that this is the definition of prejudice? You guys are prejudging her, and maybe if you didn't have so much prejudice, 16 players wouldn't have walked over off your team. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hard to, uh, hard to argue with that one if you're Tammy Taylor and, or well, and Coach Taylor. Yes and no, because of what I feel like Julie just did was equate her struggle and <laughs> right, that's true, that's true. <laughs> with the struggle of the black players on the team. Um, not the same thing. Julie? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm honestly respect for that move. If you can pull it off, that was, that was a pretty <laughs> sneaky argument there, but, uh, I'm not impressed. So <laughs> yeah. not, not in good faith, that argument, but we, we do from there, see Jason street meeting with Mrs. Coach. Uh, as the guidance counselor yes uh regarding the quad rugby nationals mrs coach is concerned yep uh she says you know i think maybe you're putting all your eggs in one basket to which jason street replies yep they're all in there (laughs) (laughs) yep that's exactly what i'm doing yep yeah so jason is all in on quad rugby and next we get landry and saracen what i think i i love it it's so good um, Landry has convinced Matt Saracen to make Julie an apology mix CD, which, yeah. bro, I, I mean, yes, <laughs> I made a few of those in my day. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's, it's, uh, 2006 or whatever. So yeah. burning CDs, that's the, Oh yeah. I was burning CDs right like crazy. Yeah. The, the iPod was barely out at that point, just a few years. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> great, uh, great line from, from Landry, uh, talking about the, the contents of the mix CD. Yes. Uh, a little worried about the Bob Dylan though. <laughs> you got to stay in this century. <laughs> So we're yeah we're bringing back the fact that Matt listens to Bob Dylan. Yes, we get another another instance of uh, one of Matt Saracen's defining traits that he <laughs> listens to Bob Dylan. Yep, <laughs> that and drawing pictures, he does that too. Yes. Um, but yeah, they they're talking about the contents of the CD when Tyra. So well, they they find they see Tyra. Yep. And Matt asks if she's seen Julie, 
uh, Tyra kind of gives him the third degree. Says, uh, "What do you got there?" <laughs> an apology mixing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's at that point that Landry becomes completely smitten with Tyra. Yes. Starting a long, long road here. That's going to have yes, many twists does. and turns. <laughs> but he, he is smitten with Tyra. Uh, yeah, Tyra, and just chucks Matt under the bus. <laughs> At that point, because before this, he was the one advocating for the mix CD. But now, according to Landry, it was all it was all Matt's idea. Uh, I told you (laughs) this wasn't such a great idea. Um, Yeah. And he's just fallen over himself, hitting on Tyra. Then we see Tim and his three JV players going through the cafeteria line. Tim is quizzing them on plays. And uh, he kind of gives one of the guys a, a scenario, a situation, and the guy like pauses a little bit and says, too late, plays over. You waited too long to make a decision, and now we lost the game because of you. We're not going to state, and the whole town of Dylan hates you. You're never going to get laid your entire life. <laughs> Fact. How's that feel right now? <laughs> so uh, Tim, Tim's going hard. Going yeah. Hard. I, I just wrote down uh, during this scene that uh, – Future of Dylan football not looking bright. Right. If this is a JV squad, <laughs> they are gonna have <laughs> Buddy Garrity at this rate is going to kill himself <laughs> in about the next three or four years. Woof, yeah. They, they got the three geekiest looking kids they <laughs> yeah. could possibly find for these three players. Kirk casters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They look like uh, like Billy Madison's friends when he gets to high school. <laughs> That's who these guys look yes. like. like Just absolute jamokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see Smash and the other black players are eating together in the cafeteria. And there's a lot of kind of second guessing going on. And some guys kind of objecting like, man, I can't I can't do this. So much rides on this. My future rides on this. Uh, we got to... <laughs> We got to play that game, um, but they're still holding strong at this point. Yeah, we get a, a scene where Coach is holding a coaches meeting without Mac. Ooh, uh, yeah. Mac walks in as the meeting is dispersing, kind of confronts Coach Taylor. Uh, Coach gets pretty real with Mac here mm-hmm. and basically tells him, "You know, your your resignation is or your your termination yep. is you know." This yeah. close. Yeah. It's sitting on my desk. Yep. Yeah. Mac is, is offended at first that, you know, all these secret meetings, he doesn't like it. He's really going after coach, but coach is like, take it easy, man. Uh, thin ice, yeah. bro. Then uh, another Landry and Matt scene, classic Landry and Matt scene. <laughs> uh, they are at some sort of jewelry store. It looks like a pawn shop, but I don't think it is. Yeah. I thought that right <laughs> away too. I thought it was a pawn shop. This is a, very, very rundown jewelry store. <laughs> yes. Uh, Landry is still trying to blame Matt for the mix, mix CD <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, and he's referring to himself and Tyra as <laughs> kind of a unit together. Yeah, he's, he's already convinced that they are yeah. both mutually in love. Yeah. And Matt, Matt assures him that, that is never going to happen. <laughs> Landry's response is stranger things have happened, Matt. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so they and stranger looked- things will happen for Landry. <laughs> That's truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> they Landry tries to convince Matt that uh, he screwed up real bad and thus needs to buy her a diamond. The diamond's a little out of Matt's price. Yeah, right? of, it's nine hundred ninety-five dollars. Matt's got fifty. <laughs> what else uh, you got? Landry does uh, say something like "dig in, dig deep into those Alamo freeze pockets" or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he does end up buying Julia just a nice little amethyst necklace. Yeah. You know, it's her birthstone. Did he know that at the time, or did she just say that? He did. He was like. That that's a that's February's birthstone, right? Okay. And then he was that. like, "Her birthday is in February," so he's nice. He's work. convinced that he's got it. Uh, okay, got it I, locked up. I missed that the first time. I must have been writing something down, and I thought he just lucked into that when Julie said that later. So, good job, Matt. Uh, enter Buddy Garrity. Buddy walks in, says something like really supportive to Mac right away. Yeah, whatever happens, it's gonna be okay. You'll be all right. Then immediately <laughs> walks into coach's office and basically says, fire his ass. Yeah, you, you just got to do it. Go ahead and do it. Just fire him. Just have <laughs> me with the boosters. Him. Yeah. The boosters have voted. Yeah. To, to fire Mac. What the heck role do the boosters play? What is that? They can take a vote and decide that stuff. I don't know. I've never who, been a booster. <laughs> so. <who> are, <laughs> yeah. So buddy says, so go ahead and do it. Just get rid of him. We'll fix it later. Um, yeah, basically passes the buck right on the coach, tells him, get it done. Uh, so then <laughs> coach rushes over because <laughs> it's the very next scene, rushes over to Tammy's office and insists that he has a guidance counselor emergency <laughs> that can't wait. Yeah. Interrupts a actual student <laughs> guidance counselor meeting that who knows what kind of yeah, absolutely. stuff was going on there. But Tammy yeah. seems genuinely concerned like don't leave yet like <laughs> yeah to the girl yeah so coach basically kicks her out and uh he said he he tells Tammy multiple times that everything hangs in the balance everything <laughs> hangs in the balance and he needs unbiased advice from the guidance counselor not from his wife um so Tammy says that the guidance counselor says that what Max said is a fireable offense like plain and simple that's Straight just up. he's a government employee he's in charge of kids you just can't say that stuff so coach says all right let me talk to my wife <clears throat> kind of gets tammy's wifely advice which is pretty much same the thing. same yeah. <laughs> yeah well not only that like tammy kind of walks like makes coach say what max said and coach yeah. is like uh uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of sugarcoats it and mm-hmm. then like kind of does like a Oh, he said, he said the thing about the junkyard dogs <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, really, right. really quickly tries to move past it. And I feel like didn't even say the worst part about not all black people are dumb. Yeah. Like that to me, <laughs> real bad. Doesn't even say that. But uh, <laughs> after he talks to his wife, is there anyone else I can talk to? And yeah, you can talk to your friend. So um, here's... <laughs> I, maybe we talked about this last time. I don't remember. Here's my thing. They keep saying, like, I know Mac McGill's not a racist. And even Tammy's like, I know he's not a racist or whatever. If you're saying that stuff. Yes, he is. You are a racist. <laughs> Mac McGill is 1,000% a racist. Yeah. He might have good intentions and not realize 
that he is a racist, but that is being a racist. So, but we will get to the root of that a little bit, yes, or at least an excuse for that. Um, all right, we see Waverly and Smash outside of Smash's house. Yeah, what's your what's yeah. your take on this? I actually did not even write anything down okay. because it was such a to me like I was like I don't really <laughs> there's nothing yeah. for me to really note here. So. Well, here um I think because I remember Waverly's storyline better, I think I I picked up on it a little more. So okay. Waverly is really encouraging Smash like you got to hold strong, you got to do this, you got to make a point, you got to stand up for yourself. And Mama Smash seems like she's always been She's she takes a different route with these kinds of situations. Like, keep your dignity, keep your held high, but don't like stoop to that level and and you know like make a scene and stuff. Like, you just be you, and so you kind of get this disapproving look from Mama while she is hearing Waverly. Yeah, Mama Smash is is kind of having none of this whole Mac McGill thing, and I think Mama Smash kind of, I kind of. uh, not my place at all obviously Mm -hmm. but i definitely see both sides of mama smash where like part of her is like listen i get this and i've dealt with this my whole life like it's kind of an elderly wisdom but it's also kind of like i can see smash's side to mama smash because he's also like you can't just roll over and take this yep yeah absolutely yeah um yeah there's a real interesting dynamic there i Mm -hmm. think yeah but we'll get into that later also so then Mac McGill shows up at the Taylor's house and he kind of sits down with coach at the counter and they, they have a beer and Mac kind of spills his guts a little bit about his, his family and his upbringing and talks about his racist dad, who was definitely a racist. Yes. No, no question there. He was ticked when they integrated the schools and, yeah. and all that. Um, and Mac has this line where he says, these things just work their way into you if you're around it long enough. Um, so maybe Mac owning up a little bit there that, you know, it wasn't necessarily his intention, but maybe I do have these, these biases and prejudices that have found their way (laughs) into me. He apologizes for, for the screw up in the whole situation and even the kind of the tension of being jealous of coach's job. You know, it's, says it's, it's hard for me to, to look at a man 10 years, my junior in the, the chair that I thought should have been mine. Um, and then he goes ahead and hands coach's resignation yeah so powerful little moment there where coach who's in kind of a bind finds himself suddenly out of the bind (laughs) uh (laughs) but not really happy about it no he doesn't want mac mcgill to lose his job and i think earlier when he's talking to tammy you know he was saying like mac mcgill is panther football yeah or maybe that was to buddy i don't know but Yeah. yeah so he's he's still not He's handed a free pass, but he's still not happy, not comfortable. And I don't remember if it's in this scene or if it's in a later scene where he tells Mrs. Coach, like, I still have to do the right thing. Like, even though this kind of worked out in my favor, like, I still have to do the right thing, which is a very honorable thing yeah. uh, for Coach. <laughs> which, when he said that, in my mind, I was like, what What do you mean? Like, you can't just let him resign. You have to actually fire him. Because in my mind, like the right thing is that this guy shouldn't have a right, job. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I guess he's not going to let him. F- you can't quit because you're fired type of right, <laughs> right. situation. But So we get a scene with uh, Riggins and Smash kind of meeting in the hallway. Yeah, right before that. Because this is important. 
I'll hop in. Uh, mm-hmm. We we're back at school. Coach is at his office. There's press is like oh, trying right. to talk to him, asking him about it, um, asking him about Friday and stuff. And coach says that they're keeping Mac McGill on mm-hmm. on the coaching staff. Yep, he says I'll give you one sound bite. Like Mac McGill is going to be the offensive coordinator on Friday or yeah, else. So. Which again took me by complete surprise because I had not even registered in my brain that that was an option. <laughs> right. Once again, I thought doing the right thing was getting rid of Mac, but oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we get a, a scene of Riggins and smash talking in the hallway. Tim kind of humbles himself. Uh, doesn't quite apologize, but no. kind of acknowledges the situation and, and acknowledges what really is the right thing. Mm-hmm. and um smash isn't really and says kind of like hey we need you you know on mm-hmm. friday we're gonna you know and smash isn't really having it no no he tim has a line about the the team needs their leader and smash is like well why don't you just look in the mirror because you're white and according to mac mcgill that makes you uh <laughs> yeah. you know cut out for leadership or whatever you were born a leader so yeah, Smash isn't isn't really budging at this point. Uh Jason and Herc leave for Austin for Quag Rugby National tryouts or whatever mm. they got going on there. Herc's yeah, got a like, line. <laughs> did you write that one down? I didn't, no. <laughs> uh yeah, so so Herc as they're leaving, we gotta make like Tom and Cruz. I got several disreputable women waiting for me in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I did note that actually Andrew really enjoyed the make like Tom and Cruise bit. So yeah, I do maybe my least favorite bit. jokes. I, I wouldn't have written it down except for the, the several disreputable women right. waiting for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next we get to the beginning of a yes. section of the episode that will come back in the next scene that regards this is one that I really want to dissect, but yeah. Um, Tyra and Julia are hanging out. Tyra has to go to the landing strip to see her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to the landing strip. Julie has kind of a humorous misunderstanding call with, with Matt. <laughs> yep. And Matt and Landry decide that they're going to go to the landing strip as well. <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt just needs to talk to Julie and needs In to person, see her. Yeah. Yep. Face to face. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> to be continued very shortly. Yep. Yep. We get a short little cutaway here of Mama Smash and Smash kind of having it out about the the whole walk-off situation. And Mama is pretty furious at Smash for what she says is throwing away his future to try and teach a lesson to a town full of fools. So, that, uh, yeah, that gives you a little more insight into where Mama Smash is coming from. Like, this is a losing battle. Like, you're not going to... Pick your spots. Yeah, nobody's going to change. Yeah, she says basically the way to get back at people like Mac McGill is to to just go make something of yourself and be successful. So yep. back at the landing strip. Yes. So then man Matt and Landry, uh, they show up at the strip club to meet with Julie. Uh Landry goes straight to Sniffer's Row uh <laughs> with a pile of ones that he borrows from Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I remember his exact line, but he says, Matt, can I borrow some ones or some singles? Some singles, yep. Uh, Matt says, for what? He says something along the lines of like, I got to tip these lovely ladies. (laughs) They're working hard. They're working hard, aren't you, ladies? (laughs) They all agree with him. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, so this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately. I just want to talk <laughs> about strip, strip club clubs. etiquette. Or... I want to talk. Well, I just want to talk about strip clubs on okay. the whole. <laughs> All right. Um, because we were we were having this conversation last week, me and uh, a friend of mine and Angie about strip clubs in general. And strip clubs to me, <laughs> we can cut this whole thing out if you want to. <laughs> okay. But it's something I've really wanted to talk to somebody about. So yes, yes. Um, in the very least, you'll get to hear it. And at the very most, uh, our listeners in 21 of these great 50 United States <laughs> will get to hear it as well. Um, strip clubs to me, and I've I've spent some time at strip clubs. I'm not sure. gonna act like I'm I'm better than that, or at least <laughs> was better than that. Yeah. Um feel like such a remnant of of a hornier time. <laughs> um, I know you've been watching through late 90s WWF. Yes. I feel like the late 90s, like, obviously strip clubs have been around for centuries. Probably, mm-hmm. I, I would assume, yeah. Um, in some way, shape, or form. And Yeah. And to me, I feel like the advent, so let me come back, let me circle back around to the late 90s stuff. <laughs> because you've been watching late 90s wwf which is yes extremely just like everybody in the audience is just a huge horn dog <laughs> like it's it's a different brand of horny than what i'm used to seeing right yeah it's it's <laughs> it's very antiquated and like you got jerry lawler on commentary who's just a huge horn ball and i feel like the thing that got me thinking about this is there's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm from the early 2000s uh-huh. where um, Larry sees an infomercial for Girls Gone Wild. And it made me think like, man, like <laughs> people 20 years ago, not even 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah. were buying DVDs and videotapes of just girls flashing. Like yeah, it. how horny were we as a society <laughs> that like we were... <laughs> Um, this shirt that my girlfriend found today in a thrift store that she like, I wouldn't have let her not buy it. Um, she found <laughs> yeah. this shirt of like a woman in a like one piece swimsuit holding some ridiculous power tool. And like, it's <laughs> right. just like, you think of that kind of brand of, I don't know if it's objectification is the right word. Oh yeah. But like when you watch Monday night raw from 98, 1998 it is 1000% objectification. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like strip clubs are kind of the last remaining remnant of that hmm. hornier time. I think that it basically ended with the advent of extremely easily accessible internet pornography. Obviously. Right. Yeah. That- uh, I think everybody kind of has a release <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't, have to go be a complete skis ball feel exactly. like a complete skis ball yeah <laughs> oh, in, in a dark room with yeah overpriced drinks and all that and it's i think i think in the privacy of <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> um you get just just about anything but <laughs> but um i i think strip clubs have that i think they've got the edge in that you're there like it's another person and you're there and you can, right you can't touch them but you can kind of <laughs> you know um yeah. I think there's maybe something to be said for that, that you can kind of interact with yeah. them. So I yeah. think that that'll keep strip clubs around longer than any of those other things. But I think that, yeah. um, I don't know. That's, it's just something, something that's kind of been on my mind that it feels like mm-hmm. such a, uh, it's, it feels pretty antiquated, yeah. but I mean, there, and also there's always going to be like bachelor parties and stuff. So I think strip clubs will be around for a, a longer title outlive me. I'm sure. But, yeah. But yeah, they don't hold quite the same role or place as yeah the early exactly. 2000s yeah yeah uh, anyway 
<laughs> if anyway, this seems so, chopped and and uh, awkwardly transitioned on the recording, it's just because we had a very in-depth conversation about the role of of uh, these types of establishments in the modern in our society. <laughs> yeah, I hope some of it stays in, but we'll see. How, we'll see. I'll become, I'll become a you. Patreon is, supporter, and you can get our full that is, <laughs> unfiltered. That is one hundred percent up to you. I, I yeah. Anyway, so Landry uh, is out there. He's loving it and gets approached by an undercover cop and ends up getting the whole crew arrested for being in their underage. Yeah. Um, is that a thing? Undercover cops in bars and strip clubs? I yeah. imagine. I know, like, w- a restaurant that I used to work at got stung. Like, we. Uh um like but that was more of like a it was because this guy that i worked with didn't card somebody and they were like undercover yeah um and he got yeah i got some trouble but yeah i guess that's but that was a restaurant of course but that's she tried or he or she i'm not sure if the, the person who was the stinger uh um was actually underage but they obviously tried to order a drink so that's what's important but um i imagine if if it's a strip club you have to be depending upon the state and what kind of establishment it is at least 18 so i imagine you know to be in there so i imagine that yeah there could be people that makes you know checking yeah you'd think that they'd be checking ids at the door door but maybe these undercover cops know about the potential backdoor. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, that's loopholes. true. I'm, I'm assuming Matt and Landry didn't just. No, they did not. No. <laughs> as confident as Landry was, <laughs> there seemed to be, they were not walking right in that front door. So. Yeah. So they all end up, <clears throat> they all end up in jail. Uh, all the, the parents come and bail their kids out. Or not really bail them out. Come and pick their well, kids up. Landry's it's, parents came for or spoke for Matt. Matt, because Matt right. is mortified that his grandmother My is there. Was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So Matt and Landry get out. Wait, was Tyra still in there? No, I think Tyra left at the same time as as them. Okay. I think right, they. So, everybody got out except for Julie. Okay. Yep. So Matt and Landry and Tyra all get out. But Coach and Tammy are waiting out in the car, basically just letting Julie sweat it a little yeah. bit here. And, and uh, Coach has just, the great line, all the other parents picked up their perps. Why can't we pick up ours? <laughs> Tammy wants to... <laughs> yeah, let's try this one more time. Ew. Tammy wants to kind of torture Julie a little bit, let her really, like you said, sort it out, feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. They eventually do go get her, bring her home obviously a huge blow up julie's not allowed to hang out with tyra anymore and julie loses another couple points i feel like on the the scale i feel like you own up at this point to what you've done yeah (laughs) um tammy though kind of goes on i was a little bit disappointed in tammy for shaming sex workers uh during this little little tirade yeah yeah yeah. um especially strippers which is about the most innocent sex work you can do (laughs) like (laughs) right i mean yeah obviously can understand why you don't want your 15 15 year old girls there yeah but yes i she definitely is understandably a little unhinged takes it to kind of a classist place that 
wasn't yep. necessarily necessary. Yep. The next the next scene, team is loading the bus for the game. Everybody's getting on board, and all the the black players show up. Yep. They got their bags. They're in their cool Last Letterman's minute. jackets, <laughs> and uh, they're ready to load up. Smash approaches coach and says, "Got any more room on that bus?" And coach kind of nods him on board. And he, Mac tries to have a word with Smash. He's getting on and Smash doesn't want to hear it. He says, I'm here, but that don't change a thing. I know who you are. Uh, yeah. So let's dig into this game against Dunstan Valley. Mm-hmm. They got safeties I, bigger than Dylan's tackles is what Buddy this says. Is, this is a, a high school playoff game. Are they playoffs already? Yeah, this is okay. the second round of playoffs. Oh, geez. Right on. Okay. Who, what, where did these refs come from? I know. Like, like he, I wrote in here, like, these refs definitely need to be, like, fired and fined and barred from ever yeah. refing another high school sports event again. Like, were they paid off by Dunstan Valley? Were they, like, hired specifically by Dunstan Valley? Like, how did the athletic commission let this slide through the the cracks because there are some blatant blatant things that do not get called in this game yeah i mean it comes into play later when they try and charge smash for assault but as it was happening i was in i was thinking like that could be considered an assault like an actual assault yeah i feel like you could get charged for that even though it's like during a game yeah because some of these late hits yeah yeah, um, we see a um, a blatant face mask, yeah. uh, some blatant pass interference. The refs are not calling anything. Like, I am very, very confused as, with, as what's going on with these refs. Because yeah. like I said, I feel like any, even in South Dakota, like you get neutral refs mm-hmm. to, to ref any game that's put on by the High School Activities Association. In Texas, <laughs> where football is <laughs> high school football is like it. Yep. On top of it being a playoff game, right? You have to earn that spot, <laughs> like to ref a playoff. Yeah. Game. I. It, yeah. I, was it like? Are, I guess I assume it was a reaction to what was going on with the black players and Mac McGill, but like. Are all the refs in Texas high school football racists then? Right. Like, how like, did all four or however many refs you have for a football game, how were they all on board with <laughs> yeah. this? I, I I don't know. But we, we uh, yeah, like I said, we see blatant pass interference. Yeah. Like, just like Stevie Wonder could have seen this pass interference. <laughs> Gosh. We see a blatant face mask like that could have hurt like really hurt somebody yeah, yeah twist his neck around yep um but despite all this dylan is still up by like 10 points mm-hmm. um dunston valley clearly at this point realizes we can get away with literal murder <laughs> so the last uh well the last play that we see is a in the in the fourth third or fourth it's quarter f- it's fourth yeah fourth quarter uh touchdown scored um and long after the plane is crossed the first person to catch i don't know it was it smash it smash yeah first person to catch smash just drills in like long after yeah. the touchdown is already scored 
very, very late hit, like a 10 second after yeah. the touchdown is scored. Yeah, late it, hit. it wasn't debatable <laughs> whether mm-hmm. it was like a continuation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the slate hit, it goes uncalled and a brawl breaks out. Yeah. Bench is clear. Yeah. Coaches are trying to pull people off. Um, kind of Dunstan Valley coaches were trying to pull anybody off. I think they were. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a mess. It's all hell breaks loose. And <laughs> basically teams go back to their locker room and the, it's the crowd is ugly. The yeah. crowd is, <laughs> we got to real like it. These people are villains. Like this yeah. whole town. This is Gregory, South Dakota. <laughs> I'm going all in and I'm saying it. The Gregory gorillas. <laughs> yes. is, uh, they were even a red. Their colors were even red. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's like a, a powder keg about to be touched off. And so the ref or no, a guy from like the athletic association. Yeah. Shows uh, up. Where, yeah. where he was during the rest of the game <laughs> yeah. is a mystery to me. <laughs> that game should have been called long before. Uh, but he comes up and says, all right, this is too nuts. Things are too crazy. I'm calling the game now. Game is more than half over. We're calling it Dylan wins. Yep, Dylan wins. And So coach goes back to the locker room, and all the players are kind of waiting there anxiously. And coach tells them that the game's over and they're going home and they're like, Oh no, I've got a, if I may read the quote, cause yeah. I do see that it was uh, on the IMDb yep. quotes. Mm-hmm. Coach Taylor says, this is not who we are. This is not what we represent. I don't teach that crap. These coaches don't teach that crap. Yes, they do. <laughs> Y'all are going to take some responsibility for your actions. I guarantee you. Riggin says, does that mean we're done or out of the playoffs? Coach Taylor says, UIL considers three full quarters a complete game. We're ahead at that time, so we get the win. But there's no damn reason for celebration. So wipe those smiles off your faces, damn it. What I want you to do right now is I want you to gather up your gear. There's no changing. Go get on the bus. We're getting the hell out of here. Let's go right now. (laughs) Yep. So no... No changing clothes, no celebrating, no even smiling. They are on the bus, full pads, uh, taken off. And the Dunstan Valley crowd, I just wrote down, Dunstan Valley crowd sucks. (laughs) (laughs) They are are a bunch of, yeah, angry, I assume racist. Yeah, they Um, suck. Big time. They are bad people. (laughs) Uh my apologies to my one friend from Gregory who may be listening to this for comparing them to Gregory. Shout out to John Vakiner. I love you, but you're a villain. <laughs> uh, on the way back, the, the bus gets pulled over by the cops and they're kind of confused as to what's going on. So coach and coach Matt get out. They go and, and talk to the, the highway patrol, pull them over, and they are informed that they are they want to take Smash Williams. They want to arrest Smash Williams for aggravated assault. Yeah. This whole thing is extremely shady. Yeah. <laughs> like clearly orchestrated by the garbage people of Dunstan <laughs> Valley. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume 
they also have a a booster club that's pulling all the strings. And uh, if if we thought the Dylan Panther Booster Club was a, yeah. a tad bit shady, this is like a <laughs> league of shadowy <laughs> gentlemen or something. I want one episode that we're not going to get because the show's over, but I would like one episode that just focuses on Dunstan Valley because I want to see what <laughs> Dunstan Valley's buddy Garrity is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible human being yeah clearly a scumbag <laughs> i cannot for whatever reason i cannot hear dunstan valley without picturing an orangutan yeah dunstan, uh, checks, dunstan in. checks in like <laughs> i just there's nothing else i associate with dunstan other than yeah. dunstan checks in so they I should be the dunstan of, valley orangutans or yeah something. i agree i well <laughs> gregor gorillas dunstan, dunstan valley orangutans we got another connection there yep that it's was, all uh, coming together Subtle little move by Jason Cadams, who knew that the Gregory Gorillas <laughs> were garbage. They said, we can't make the team the Gorillas because there's like, what, three probably Gorillas <laughs> in the United States. Right. Who's the famous primate? <laughs> Dunstan. <laughs> we'll call him uh, Dunstan Valley. Oh, perfect. I uh, see right through you, Jason. <laughs> I wonder if they have any concrete statues of Dunstan <laughs> with his suitcase <laughs> checking into the hotel. You know how you know how uh, Landry chucks that watch off the bridge to get rid of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that spot <laughs> because that's where he chucks the orangutan. <laughs> statue I threw a, I threw an orangutan statue here once nobody ever found it uh, so the cops are trying to arrest Smash and Mac is the one who steps in and says uh, that well the cops say if he doesn't come out we're going to go in there and pull him off the bus basically Mac says no you're not you got a warrant and they say, no, but we can go get one. And Mac says, well, you go ahead. We'll, we got, we've all, got night. all night. So Mac kind of steps up. And I think it's supposed to be a little bit of a redemptive moment for Mac. But yes, you think it <laughs> feels like, flat. I, I feel like you got a ways to go, Mac. He does. He does. I <laughs> this, agree. this isn't this isn't resolved. But sounds but, like uh, somebody is a big fan of cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> Snowflake. Uh, we well, we have been canceling Ted Nugent. That's and true. Ryan Adams. So yeah, so we got to cancel. We got to cancel Ryan Adams next episode again. I don't know if you noticed that. I but. did. Yeah, I did. Notice that. Uh, but yes, I'm officially canceling the Highway Patrol, the Texas Highway Patrol that works near Dunstan Valley. I think schools. those were local cops. I think. Okay. It's yeah, oh, that makes been, sense. Yeah. Got to be local cops. Yeah. So the Dunstan Valley PD canceled. Yes, I'll agree with that. Sorry, guys. And they 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 uh they do relent, and they, as they're leaving, say, "We'll get you next year, Coach." Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote A Y F K. I feel like that's a lawsuit, but all right. Yeah. So as they get back on the bus, Coach and Mac smash ass Mac about what happened with the police, and Mac says they made a mistake, just like I did. I, I, <laughs> you're not I'm having impressed. any of this. I'm not having it. Oh, okay. I'm not having it. 
That is not redemptive to me. I don't think it's redemptive, but I think it's at least him seeing the mistake that he made. And and he's trying to, at least you got to give him some credit for trying because the more that you dismiss people's attempts, the more they're going to become bigger. You're absolutely right. And it is a big step because it is earlier in the episode. Still Mac was still kind of going off yeah. about how ridiculous the whole situation was yeah and, and all like that. that scene where he comes in at the end of the meeting of the, all the coaches yeah and he, yeah he he i'm not saying it's redemptive 100 but he's 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 making he's an least, effort he's at least headed in the right direction you gotta encourage making the effort because if you don't <sighs> you know people are just gonna double down on their crappiness so anyway justice delayed is justice denied anthony we don't have time to wait. I have been reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, so I'm getting pretty right. radicalized right now. Hey, listen, I, you know, as as a person who has been pretty shitty in the past, and I feel like I've <laughs> yes. come back from a lot of that, yes, and made a lot of mistakes in the past. I think that there's room for forgiveness, and I <laughs> I definitely see see a need for that because the people who, like I said, are are unwilling to even see. Yes. Those efforts mm-hmm. are the people that are, I think, making it worse because then those people who are, were trying were like, oh, no matter what I do, you're just going to yeah. So why keep hating on me. So why do I even try? I'll just go and be a bigger piece of crap. Yeah. So. Yep. No, you're right. It's a, it's a balance for sure. You got to. Yeah. All right, Mac. Anyway. <laughs> I've got my eyes on you. Yeah, hey, that's that's all that's all I'm asking is you don't I'm not saying you have to say that he's the best guy ever or that he's even <laughs> redeemed, but yep. Moving in the right direction. I'll Look at him, him making the effort. You got to give him that. the effort. Yep. Anyway. Uh, the bus pulls back into town. I don't know what time it is, but they're just always seems people late. greeting the I suppose parents picking yeah. them up and but they're cheering the bus when they get back, which I feel like is weird considering it just ended in a yeah a huge a, brawl but <laughs> yeah they're they're pumped they got the win that's all that matters in dylan texas that's right um julie uh goes up to matt and says i was really worried about you on the field and i'm gonna save the next line for for my matt saracen goofus malufus <laughs> moment um yes. but in that conversation matt gives julie the necklace Julie loves it. It's her birthstone. She thinks it's great. And Matt asks Julie out, makes it official. Yes. So they have the talk, the DTR talk, (laughs) the DTR right there at one in the morning outside the bus. Yep. Really nice moment. That wraps up the episode. Um, I just want to share the story and I'm, I want to make sure that this makes the episode because <laughs> okay. uh, DTR reminded me of a story that I know that I've told you before, but no more people need to hear it. Uh, when I met my girlfriend, Angie, we met on Tinder, uh, which there's no shame. And we've been together for four and a half years. and I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, but during Angie's short tenure on Tinder, uh, <laughs> I of course had a, a hall of fame career on Tinder. Um, <laughs> Angie did not. Angie had a very short time on on Tinder. <laughs> okay. You can keep. You can absolutely keep that in. I want to. I want to let <laughs> okay. people know that I had yeah. a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame career on Tinder. Not a first ballot. Not a first ballot. Yeah, but, but you're getting there. You're yeah. getting there eventually. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not Elvis, but I am the Talking Heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm not a first ballot. Yep, but yep. I'm good. I'm That's, yeah. I'm, yep. um, uh, <laughs> so anyway, during my girlfriend's short tenure on Tinder, Tinder, she noticed a lot of guys had DTF in their profiles, <laughs> which she adorably thought meant downtown fun. <laughs> And she thought (laughs) that these guys just like to go out and and have a few beers and have some fun downtown. Uh, Um, As you and I know, and as most of you, hopefully all of you listeners at home know, DTF does not stand for downtown fun. And those fellas were not, uh, to quote Britney Spears, not that innocent. No, they were less. They were not so interested in a nice stroll about no. <clears throat> about the town. No. no. <laughs> uh, how did she come? Why did she think that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's glancing Plus, back to make yeah. sure she. Can. I kind of want. No, I <laughs> Sorry, actually was. I actually was on the verge of just yelling, like, "Hey, oh. can you come and tell us why you think that or why you thought that?" But I won't. We won't get her first appearance on I the podcast know. to be <laughs> this conversation. I mean, all right. Uh, oh, DTR. That's why we. Yes, to find the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Now, now that we've got your Hall of Fame Tinder career <laughs> on record, uh, I think we will take a little break and we'll come back and dig into some characters. Let's do it. All right, we're going to talk we're going to talk some some characters here, get a little di- bit deeper into the storylines. Uh I think the main storyline of this all is this whole episode Last two episodes has been Smash, um, and kind of what's going on there with with Smash and Mac and and Coach. So, what I saw in Smash, yeah, is kind of that that tension that will come up in later episodes of kind of getting pulled between, you know, his doing what's what's right, but then also doing what's right for his career and himself feeling the the pull between where Waverly wants him to go and where mama wants him to go. Um, what's good for the team, what's good for he and the other black players. So smash is kind of in a, a tough place a, as a leader. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And, and like you said, and like we said earlier in the episode, he's got kind of two extremes pulling him. Well, extremes, the tough word for both, uh, right. but two, two, two sides. Directions. Two different directions pulling on Waverly, who is basically like, stand up, you know, don't let them drag you around like this or treat you like this because, you know, this has gone on too long and mm-hmm. and it's, you know, all this. And we got Mama Smash, who's kind of like, you know, pick your spots. This is this really the place to stand up like this is important, but yeah, it's still in Texas. You're not. You know, you're not Rosa Parks, you know, <laughs> sitting on uh, in the front of the bus. This is, a, you know, this is a small town. It's a small issue. Nobody's going to remember this in a year. Yeah. Is this really what you want to risk your entire potential career mm-hmm. uh, to make this point? Yep. So, 
Yeah, you gotta, you know, if I had to guess how old Mama Smash was, I would guess in her 40s somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, this is the early 2000s. So that means, you know, she would have grown up in the, the 60s and 70s. You know, her coming of age years would have been in a very, very difficult, in the middle of the civil rights movement, right? Yeah. Things were very polarized. And obviously change did happen, but I can understand living in the South in Texas during those times. Like, man, there's a lot of, (laughs) of horrible stuff you're going to have to endure and put up with. So yeah, well, like you said, pick your battles. (laughs) This ain't it. This isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work. So definitely get where she's coming from. And yeah, like we said before, obviously get where Waverly's coming from too. So yes. Yep. Yeah, you gotta stand up for yourself. You can't just keep getting getting run over. Um, so, you know, I think we do. I think Smash, in my opinion, he he handles it pretty well. I think he does too. Yeah, all things considered, I yeah, you know a it's a masterclass. Uh, <laughs> handles a pretty complex situation pretty well. I think you know, even though they kind of gave in at the end. Um, I think the point was was made, and they didn't punish themselves for what Mac did, which would have happened. You know, they would have all lost out on a lot of opportunities. So, good for you, Smash. I'm going to go ahead and give you a thumbs up for this episode. Agreed. Um, nice work. Uh, let's go with Julie Taylor and the Taylor family. Let's just go Taylor family because they yeah. got a lot going on right now. Yeah. Uh, Coach Taylor, he's got the whole Mac situation on his plate, and I think he handles it pretty well. I can see basically where he's coming from uh, with all of his thoughts. Mm. I would have probably rather seen Coach Mac fired, at least, yeah, uh, at least temporarily, if yeah. not permanently. And Tammy's kind of giving him that advice from all angles as well. But yeah, coach, coach has got a lot on his plate with this. Yeah. Uh, not only with the team situation, but also with Julie getting into more and more mischievous um, situations. And we'll get into that even <laughs> yes. more next episode. Yes. But, and we, um, yeah, we see Tammy is the, none of these things are her problems directly, but she is definitely in the middle of it all. And, we kind of see the toll that it takes on her too. Like we said, she kind of loses her cool um, yeah. this episode um, with all the stress of it. So a lot going on for the Taylor family. I want to just one thing with coach when he's having the conversation with Mac McGill, he brings up the point um, that I'm not sure we knew that Mac McGill was part of integrating the football team. At right. Dillon, yeah. Which I thought was really interesting and and just goes to show that like all of this understanding and all of this awareness and like cultural IQ is it's a continuum. It's a, it's a spectrum. And so it's not like, you know, Mm -hmm. just because you've made it to this certain point doesn't mean that (laughs) you're free from criticism. Yeah. You've got it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. There, you can always keep moving further and further into more intelligence and sensitivity and understanding on that continuum. Um, Oh, we get a, we get a lot of good Matt and Landry in this episode. 
Yes. We, I feel like we've been pretty dry on Landry for, uh, since we had that little touch of Landry with, uh, him trying to teach Tim Riggins, (laughs) um, John Stein of mice and men. Yeah. (laughs) But since then, like we only got that little taste of it. And since then he's been pretty, pretty missing in action. So we're, I'm happy to have him back. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's, it's like he never left. He's right back. It is, yeah. Him. Oh, he's yeah. Right he back is things. back on his BS. No, <laughs> uh, no days off. <laughs> Landry. Nope. Yeah, and we love it. We we do. We we love Matt. Pretty much any person you pair with Matt, it's you're gonna get, you're gonna get some great yeah. interaction because we love the Matt and Smash connection. We yes, love Matt and Landry. Um, I've <laughs> I realized during this rewatch how much I love Matt Saracen. I think. It's because other people bring out the best in him. Yeah. So I think that I don't realize that all these other characters I love because of their interactions with, with Matt Saracen. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and everything with Landry, everything Landry touches aside from. Uh, <laughs> Grandma <a> particular, Saracen? <laughs> well, aside from Grandma Saracen. He didn't I actually touch her. <laughs> Aside from a <laughs> specific storyline in season two, yeah, uh, everything that Landry touches turns to gold. Um, kind of. But uh, yeah, Landry and Matt, a great dynamic, and we're going to see even more of that next episode. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Um, so we, I'm happy to see Landry back. I love it. Um, I am excited for the. I mean. We're talking not even a spark, just we're talking two sticks rubbed together of <laughs> of Landry and Tyra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sticks that rub together to create the spark that will eventually create uh quite the fire. But we we're just seeing the beginning of that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of rubbing that needs to happen before any <laughs> smoke <laughs> appears. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, so I think I think on that note, those are those are we went Our deep in a few yeah. in a few storylines. Um, yes. So uh, I think that's it. So we'll be right back with some awards. Yes. All right, we are going to get into our awards. We always start with Coach Taylor, um, the the centerpiece, the anchor of the show. Um, how are we feeling about Coach in this episode? Um, Coach is, as almost always, uh, being humanized. Yep. We see him in a tough situation. We know the choice that he wants to make. We know the choice that he has to make seemingly um yeah i feel for coach in this situation because i live in south dakota mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> uh i lived in small town south dakota for a lot of, a long time mm-hmm. there are people who i know have good hearts yes who maybe sometimes don't always say things that are indicative of their good hearts. And I've been guilty of the exact same. Yeah. So I know how coach feels 
in a situation where things to people from the outside seem pretty black and white, mm-hmm. whereas coach knows up close that things are not that black and white. Yeah. Um, so I really, really, really felt for coach in this episode because I don't know, maybe I just hung out with too many heads growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but my wife always talks about how, um, you know, if people don't have proximity to, you know, certain people groups or have any experience with people outside of their, you know, like group of people, then it's really hard for them to have like a complete understanding or to have a, you know, a good solid, like educated opinion on things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you have a choice in that and other times, um, like I'm assuming Mac McGill growing up, he didn't have a choice of where he lived or the family that he grew up in. He did not, obviously his dad was very much against integration. So I'm assuming he didn't have a lot of, (laughs) you know, interact solid interactions with uh, people of different races in his life. So coach coach knows that sees that. Um, yeah, I think that's important, um, to understand for sure. So yeah coach once again like we said tough spot tough spot here coach tough spot yeah. how do you think he handled it i think he handled it pretty well on the whole um i don't know that he made the decision that i would have personally made yeah but that being said i've never been in that particular position so <clears throat> i tell myself maybe i would have handled it differently but in real life maybe i wouldn't have i like i it, it's hard for me to tell exactly how close that coach and Mac are prior to this particular situation. I don't think terribly, not terribly. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're coworkers. Yeah. I think, um, I think coach respects Mac mm-hmm. and his career in high school football and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> do I think coach Taylor made the right call? I don't know. <laughs> uh, do I think it's the call that I would have made? I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's such a tough situation. Cause like I said, I, I don't know how close Mac and coach are. I know that in that particular situation, if it were somebody that I, if I knew their heart and I knew where they actually stood, if they made an ignorant statement, I probably would have given them a personal talking to and mm-hmm. said, Hey, listen in private, this ain't it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they would have put my own reputation on the line to defend them because I know that in their heart that isn't who they are. Yep. But that being said, I don't know that uh that I would have been able to to handle that public pressure. So I don't I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. it's a tough it's a it's a tough spot for for coach. So yeah. I think I think he handled it in the best way that he as a character could mm-hmm. uh, also considering probably the, uh, the writer's own personal <laughs> feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a couple things I would be pretty hard on this decision if it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that makes the big difference too, is 2014, 13 year moves difference. As we all know, 2020 has been a beast of a year. And I feel like in a few months time, even these issues we have 
progressed. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if you call it progressed. With the conversation has been amplified uh, huge in the last couple months, and rightly so. But in 2006, yeah, that was 15 years ago. Um, and so I, I think that is keeping me from, or that's, that's helping me go a little easier on coach. And the, the, what really saved it for me was if he and Mac had not had that conversation over the beer mm-hmm. at coach's house where yes. Mac finally shows like a little bit of understanding and remorse, then I would, if, if Mac never said like showed any contrition or anything of that nature, never apologize or anything, then in my mind, like, well, okay, That's you're it. done. Yep. You're done. But mm. Matt came around a little bit, had that conversation. So um, if I had to put a number for Coach and his inspirating this week, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a four. Okay. I I think that's a fair rating. Mm-hmm. I would have maybe gone a notch higher. I would have maybe mm-hmm. gone a, f- a five. So if we could, I mean, you know, call it a yep. four point five. Let's I'm see. Right with that. Last episode we gave him a five, and I feel like he was less inspiring than last last episode. Yeah, so give him a four. Yep, I'm okay with that. Four on that. Um, oh, we didn't give movie dude movie dude one rating on his synopsis, oh. which I've I've added a column to our spreadsheet. Oh. Um, so we better do that quick. Uh, yeah, I would give Movie Dude one. You know, he starts off strong as we talked about. Yeah, but then he really falls apart in that last, uh, <laughs> that last run on, like, extremely run on sentence. Yeah, once again, it's only two sentences. And something we got to contextualize with Movie Dude one. It's kind of like Coach Taylor, where sometimes it seems like we're giving a little rating, but it's only because we don't want to be given tens every week. Yeah. Uh, with movie dude one, the ceiling's pretty low. <laughs> um, That's true. So we can't be just giving him ones every week. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, the, it's for the this, opposite of coach. Yeah, for him starting off so strong, I think a strong six. Six. Yep, I'm good with that. So, room for improvement for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Julie Taylor's got a lot going on mm-hmm. in this episode, personally. I feel like we begin to get a glimpse of why this award exists in my yes. mind. I, I, we start to, yeah, we get, we get peeks into it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the highest she's ever gone on the rating so far is, is one. And I think she, she definitely beats that out this week. In my, I, I'm going to have to agree. Cause um, once again, I think it's understandable that kids are going to get in trouble and make bad decisions. We've been there. We know that, but, uh, you end up in jail. I feel <laughs> like you need to to own up a little bit that uh, you screwed up. So yeah. Um, you know, if I got to pin a number on it, I would probably go a three. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say a three. So yeah. Yep. Which again is indicative that we we know what she's capable of. Yes. <laughs> All right. What did you, do we have any beers? There was not much Tim in this episode. I did not have a beer count. Yeah. Tim is, is very low. Although I got to imagine there's several implied off screen beers because of his dealings <laughs> with the JV team. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we only saw him at school and on the field pretty much. So mm-hmm. no, no new beers this week. 
we're hanging at a 31 still. <laughs> we will get, I don't want to spoil it, but in, in episode 17. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're back at it. All right. Um, the the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks <laughs> Goofus Malufus moment of the week. Uh, I had one for for Matt this week. Yeah, it's got to be asking Julie to be his girlfriend to define the relationship. <laughs> yeah, and and right before that, actually, it was that conversation. But specific, so that whole interaction is the Goofus Malufus. But I was saving this quote. Um, it's after the game. Julie says, "I was really worried about you on the field," and <laughs> Matt says, "I." Uh, you don't need to worry about me. I uh, in a fight, I just kind of stand in the back and just yell stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which is very goofy, maloofy, and yeah, yes. just the whole awkward interaction with asking Julie out. Uh, I guess also the mix CD, <laughs> the apology <laughs> mix CD is a real goofy, maloofy. But yeah, I think I think the end of the episode for sure is the the yeah. choice. All right. Uh, Buddy Garrity, we didn't have much with Buddy. I'm trying to remember what he even popped yeah, in. Yes. Well, oh, him oh, yep. saying that everything's going to be all right and it'll all get figured out to Mac and then immediately going into coach and saying, we all voted. He needs to be fired. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You take care of it. Yeah. That's definitely sleazeball. Buddy Garrity's literally on screen for like a minute and a half. And, and it's, it's pure, pure sleaze. Pure sleaze. Exactly. Yeah, so our outdated pop culture reference of the week, what'd you have there? The Apology Mix CD. (laughs) Mix CDs, absolutely. Man, I remember like having sleepovers at people's houses in the early 2000s and they had the CD burner. And so everybody got a chance to like make their mix CD based off of the songs they had in their Winamp player, you know? (laughs) Yes. Carter, I think Carter Jensen was the first person I knew with a mix CD uh, burner. Yeah. And he had like the 2X, like the first CD player. So it would take like 45 minutes. (laughs) And. So it was like a real like process yeah, yeah, uh, for him to burn a CD. And I remember he made me two CDs on that CD burner. I'm trying to think of what some of the tracks would have been on those. Um, I know for sure Back That Ass Up by Juvenile <laughs> was on one of them. Um, there was definitely some Creed, uh, like My Own Prison That's by Creed. That's what I'm Creed talking about. That's what I'm talking sure. about there. Roll Tide, baby. <laughs> for sure. I know uh, my buddy Tanner Fitz is listening to this, and he's a big Creed fan, so shout out to Tanner Fitz. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, God, what else would have been on those CDs? Um, ah, man, there's no way for me to even find out now because they are definitely long trashed, but... Uh, the the very vivid memory I have of making mixed CDs at someone else's house was at Kellen Munnicky's house. We played Driver, the, yeah, the computer game. PlayStation 1 or, um, and computer, yeah. Yep, and we, we also played a lot of uh, Dr. Mario on Super Nintendo. Oh, shoot, yeah. But while we were doing that, when we weren't playing that, somebody was burning a CD. And my CD I know had um, Sublime, Santeria. Ooh. Yeah. It had uh something by Twista, like the really fast rapper, you know? And it also had a bunch of Chris Farley Saturday Night Live audio oh, clips. Oh yeah. Like, yep. Uh I am El Nino. And, 
uh, and uh, the Matt Foley stuff and all yeah. that. So um, that was that. That's my first memory of. I definitely had a mix CD with uh, like the Ralph Wiggum, like seventy funny <laughs> Ralph Wiggum sayings that was making the rounds at that time. Yeah. Uh, it, good stuff. it tastes like burning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I made innumerable mix CDs in my day and definitely some mix CDs for, for a lady or two. <laughs> All right. Quote of the week is where we're at now. So what do we, what are we, what are we nominating? First and f- maybe not foremost. First, I'd like to <laughs> nominate uh coach's insult to the JV player where he says, what's, what's your last name? What's your mom's maiden name? What's your grandma's maiden name? My God, son, you can remember all that, but you can't remember this play. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's very good. What else you got? I, d- I did not take very good quote of the week. Um, I actually didn't either. I just remembered that quote. And then there's two. Uh, well, there's three that are on the IMDb and I, those would be my next three. Right. Um, the first being the Tim Briggins quote that you said earlier. Uh too late. Play is over. You took too long to make a decision. We lost the game because of you. We're not going to stay in the whole town of Dylan hates you. You are never getting laid your entire life. Fact. <laughs> yeah, Tim didn't have much screen time, but he, no. he made the most of it there. <laughs> yes. Uh, then the Eric Taylor quote, the uh, this is not who we are. This is not what we represent. Yeah. Etc. I don't teach that crap. Is that might actually be my that speech might be my mm. my my choice, yeah. uh, and then the last of course is Smash asking, "Hey Mac, what happened back there with those cops?" And Mac McGill saying, "They made a mistake, son, just like I did. I'll see you on practice on Monday." So so we're thinking we're going the inspirational route over the yeah. uh, the comedic this week, and we'll go with uh, with Coach Taylor's speech after the game and all hell breaking loose on the field. I'm good with it. I like it. And I guess that just leaves us with our rating of the episode. So um, I felt like this was a good episode. We resolved, you know, some <laughs> in 83 minutes or whatever. We, we now <laughs> resolved the racial problems. We, yeah, we solved know. racism in two episodes. Um, I didn't feel it was overly strong, though. Uh, you know, not I'm gonna a, agree. Not a standout episode, but um, you know, it, we've been mostly seven or eights, and I was gonna give this one a six. We're dropping down, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's up. I mean, you yeah. you get a say in this too. I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking. Don't I'm put thinking. all this on me. <laughs> no, we would not do that. Uh, I th- I think that's fair though cuz yeah if if everything else has been seven or eights this this one was not super great so I just locked it in it's in the spreadsheet it is unchanging right. now so so there we have it that is uh episode 16 got black eyes and broken hearts going. black eyes and broken hearts so I feel like we 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 tied a bow on a few things here. We're ready to move on into new plots, uh, go a little deeper in some areas <laughs> next week. Uh, 
Yeah, we're going to, as many bows as we tie on, we're about to uh, cause a little bit more chaos with, with next week. So, yep. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yes. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Uh, tell your friends, tweet at Amy T garden, you know, get the word oh, out. I, I do want to mention, even though we're going to not air this episode for another like <laughs> two months. Yeah. Probably. Several weeks. Um, NBC's Peacock streaming service just air, uh, just launched. Oh, and there is a free tier and it includes Friday night lights. So another Hey-o. way for you to, to watch, I ran into, um, an old, uh, a former plat person today uh-huh. in, uh, in Sioux Falls. We just happened to run into each other on the East side by the East side target. And, um, she was interested in listening to the show, but she was like, I've actually never watched it. And I said, here are your ways to watch it. And I mentioned oh, boom, uh, Peacock. Boom, boom. So I was like, there's at least two free ways to watch it. So Peacock, IMDb TV. And of course, if you've got Hulu, mm-hmm. that's your way to go. But yeah, there's, uh, you really don't have an excuse at this point. <laughs> if you know us to not watch Friday Night Lights and listen to our show. Unfortunately, if you're listening to episode 16 of this <laughs> Friday Night Lights podcast, I'm assuming you've probably seen the show at this point. I hope but, so. But maybe we got some hardcore hardcore people out there who just like listen to our tangents about yeah. non-Friday Night related stuff. But either way, what, for whatever reason you're here, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week for episode 17. I think we should have sex. <laughs>